I know that I said I was going to do a bonus episode about a topic that someone had reached out to me about and asked if I would talk about it and give my opinion on it. Well, a lot of life got in the way, so I haven't been able to do that yet. But I did want to talk about some things first that were a little bit exciting and a lot of bit exciting. Last Friday, the 24th, was my 12-year anniversary of my escape from sex trafficking. Last year, to celebrate, I did a video series on TikTok, and I basically just went day by day everything that happened in the days leading up to my escape and the days after. It was pretty awesome to kind of take everyone on this ride with me on the journey of my last days with them. Some of the videos were very difficult to make. Some of the things that happened were very difficult to talk about, but I was glad that I did. I wanted to do something different this year. Instead of focusing on the bad, I wanted to focus on life after. I wanted to try and take a more positive outlook on it. So as I sat on my 12th anniversary, I just thought about really how much I have been proving them wrong over the past 12 years. They had said some pretty disturbing things to me, and there was a lot of psychological and emotional abuse. They would tell me about how I couldn't live without them, that eventually my mental health would decline so bad that I wouldn't be able to take care of myself, and I was always going to need them that I eventually wouldn't even be able to make decisions on my own. Looking back now and doing some research, I think it's pretty obvious they were leaning towards a conservatorship of some sort. I also believe that they were going to try to break me down so much that I would take my own life. That was just as much a possibility as the conservatorship. And if I had done that, they could play the victim. And they could say how they were just these loving parents whose daughter was so mentally ill for her entire life and she left two beautiful daughters behind. And then they would do whatever they wanted to do with that. And to be quite honest, it's extremely terrifying to think about what they would have done with that. But the thing is, I look at my life now and I see how many wonderful things that I have. I have an amazing husband that is so supportive. He knows all of my past and he doesn't judge me for it. In fact, he even helps me in things that I still struggle with from time to time. I have three beautiful children that I love more than anything. I have a home, which is something that I've never had before. And the most important thing is I'm living the life that I was not supposed to live. I was not supposed to survive the things that I did survive. I mean, maybe it wasn't a conservatorship. Maybe it would have been that and then led to something worse. I don't really know what their end game was. But what I do know is that I never made it to the end of that game. And each moment now that I live my life free of them, proving them wrong, is a huge win for me. Lately, I have been struggling, though, with the amount of information that I share. 
And it's like, I don't know if I'm really protecting myself or hurting myself. I can't give some details because I'm not ready to share those. But it's like, I don't know how much fear is making me feel like I'm not. It's like I said in the beginning episodes of the season that I ended up silencing myself. It wasn't fear that made me do it back then. It was just that I was kind of done with drama. I wish I knew what the word was for that. I made the choice to stop doing my podcast, so therefore, in the end, it was me that ended up silencing myself. So it's like, I'm kind of looking at everything in my past right now and wondering if I'm doing that again. And I don't really know how to figure out how to even answer that question. Because of course, there is something holding me back from speaking about details of clients and details of my parents and identities, places, and all that stuff. And I know that fear plays a big part in all of that. But is that fear legit is essentially what I have to figure out. It's kind of hard to start to determine if it is or not. Obviously, my location currently, it's pretty easy to figure out that that fear is legit for that to be exposed. They are not supposed to be anywhere near me. That's why I have the restraining orders. And I don't want them to have contact with me. I don't want them anywhere near me, my family, my son, or my daughter's. Because the last time that I was near anybody or in the vicinity of the ring, my son was nearly taken. But there also is a very huge possibility that they do already know where I am. I had made a TikTok video about it. And to be quite honest, I can't remember if I shared it here on the podcast. But I was at a grocery store a few months back and my son and husband were with me. And a woman came up and attempted to take my son. She had an oversized mask on that covered most of her face and her identity was pretty hidden. She asked if she could take him down an aisle that was out of my view so that he could help her get something off of the shelf. She had a man with her that I assumed was her husband. But my son is only seven years old, and yes, he is a little big for his age, but not big enough that it's appropriate to ask something like that, and especially not big enough that you would ask him to grab something off the shelf. Now, asking my husband, I could completely understand that. He's almost six foot, and he's huge. The woman continued to follow us around the store, and eventually, I had the manager have her leave, and told him what was going on I was going to call the police but I felt like there really wasn't much to go off of except to say that there was an older woman that was heavyset with blonde hair wearing a mask that asked some inappropriate things about my son but the whole situation was absolutely terrifying because I don't get to think normally I don't get to sit down and be okay, this was just some crazy lady. I have to figure out if that was the ring trying to take my son from me because then I have to put my safety plan into place, which obviously it was. But I also have to ask myself a million questions just to figure out exactly what happens 
in any situation. My parents go after your children. They use them to hurt you because they know that is one of your weakest things and they know you will do anything to protect your children. That is why they use CPS so often. That is why they used family court against me. That is why they paid my ex-husband to make sure my daughters were kept from me. There are so many things that they do that target children, but it's not targeting them in a way where the children themselves get hurt, like physically, it's where I get hurt. So to try to explain it, it's like, they showed up at my custody hearing to testify against me to make sure that I would never be allowed to have custody of my daughters. And then they attempted to kidnap my son to get me to stop the custody case. My daughters are as safe as they can be with their father. I have made certain of that. Or they would not be there. Do I agree with his parenting techniques? No, absolutely not. Was he a horrible person to me? Oh, absolutely. But he was always good to his daughters. And as long as it stays that way, my daughters will stay there. For three years, I did not speak with my daughters at all. He would not allow it. And I came to find out that my father was essentially paying him to do that. It wasn't just like handing him cash, but it was paying for his lawyer or paying for his rent and just different things like that. And the way that my ex-husband's family is, the absent parent is never very involved. So that also was a thing with his family. I hate to speak bad about them, but they are very big on parental alienation. In fact, my daughters did not even know that their cousin's dad isn't even their real dad. So I think that just created the perfect storm for him to keep my daughters from me. And I think my father knew that, so that's why he totally used that route. My daughters are older now. We talk almost every day, and we have a great relationship. We fight sometimes, just like mother and child do, but they trust me, and they come to me with their problems. And they try to bring me into their world by forcing me to watch anime, which... I gotta be honest and admit, some of those shows have been pretty awesome. I remember when my father was arrested that people would look at me and I was sort of labeled that girl. And people would talk about me behind my back. There were whispers and stares and a whole bunch of things. And I don't wanna do that to my daughters. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I don't say names, because I don't want people to find out who my daughters are and then find out that it's their grandparents that I'm talking about, because I don't want them to be painted as the granddaughters of sex traffickers. So there is a lot of things that really play a role in if I'm going to give more information or not. But I am definitely considering it because, because I feel like it kind of is just the next step, I think, for me to finally not be afraid to say their names and to not be afraid to say where I grew up 
this is what happened, it was this neighborhood, and those types of details. I did have a friend that was able to share those details, and honestly, I was so jealous that he was able to. But he did not have children to think about. I haven't heard from him in some time, so I don't know how he's doing and how everything played out with all that information being out there. It's like, do you call out your sex traffickers by name? Because in this country, it is presumed that you are innocent until proven guilty. But again, when I started this podcast, I said to my husband, the man that trafficked me may never go to jail, but that doesn't mean the world doesn't get to know what he did to me. That man groomed me. That man kidnapped me. That man brutally raped me. And that man sex trafficked me. But does it really make a difference if you know that his name is James or not? How much does that add to my story? And the more important question is, how much does it take away from my story? If I start giving details like that, Is the focus then going to be on them instead of sharing and spreading awareness, which is what the goal of my podcast is? So how do you even figure out the answer? That's the big thing that I've been dealing with and thinking about a lot. On top of still dealing with cyberbullying and cyberstalking and a lot of other things that just kind of threw me through a loop this week. And it was things coming from people that were not involved with the three from before. Things just get so crazy in my life sometimes. And I try to keep the drama to a minimum. But some things just irk you and get under your skin. And you just wonder how do you handle that situation. So I've tried very hard to stay calm and stay focused and level-headed so I can make the right decision. I try my hardest for me to make sure that this decision that I make is, in fact, the right one. In one of my earlier episodes, I had explained that life after sex trafficking was so wild when it came to making decisions because while I was being trafficked, I just did it as told. But now I have this life of my own and I have a thousand questions that I have to ask myself just to make one decision. I have to think of all the what ifs and everything that could possibly go wrong. So the only solution is to share what I want on my terms, which is what I have always intended to do and what I have always done. But I am at the point where I want to start to say more. I want to say their names. I want to call them out by name and tell them, you did this to me and it was not okay. That was one thing that I never got to do. And I'm not sure if that is closure that I need or not. So I'm going to sit and ask myself those thousands of questions And I'm going to make that decision in the near future. I do know that I am not afraid to say it. I just do not know if it's the right thing to do. To say I had a hard life, 
obviously is putting it lightly. There was a lot of twists and turns and a lot of things that would give people nightmares if I just even said that they happened. It is hard, extremely hard. And I think that's why I'm having a lot of writer's block lately and why it has been more difficult to make these episodes. Even now, sitting here as I'm writing out this script, I am writing things and then deleting them because I'm not sure what to say. So I think that the best thing that I can do for me right now is to take some time to reflect on what I want to do. So over the next few episodes, I am going to be talking about different topics that people have asked me about and wanted me to talk about and give my opinion on. And I'm going to kind of start to steer away from my story for a little bit. So that way I can ask myself those thousand questions and make the best decision for me. Because as long as I'm sitting here and thinking to myself and wondering if this is truly the best thing for me, I'm never going to get anywhere. And there's always going to be something that's stopping me from talking about things that I actually do want to talk about. So I know this episode was kind of me rambling and essentially just thinking out loud, but I really needed to do it. So I figured the best place would be to do it on a podcast so people could kind of get a feel of what it's like as the life of a survivor. Sometimes it's very happy things and it's celebrating how many years we've been gone, how many years we've been clean. Sometimes it's dealing with flashbacks, panic attacks, and nightmares. But it's also the choice of when and what we share that we also have to deal with. Because I want to make the best decision for me and my family. But I also do not want to feel like I'm being censored. I have at times where people have asked me to share my story, but had told me not to share certain details because they didn't want to ruffle other people's feathers. And I did go along with that. And I absolutely regret it. But at the time, I still feel like I made the best decision. I just wish I fought harder for me not to feel that way. We only get one life and none of us make it out alive. And that's just the harsh reality. So if I am going to get to live this life, I want to make sure that since I was able to survive things that were meant to kill me, that I get to live every moment the happiest that I can be and live my life the way that I want to. So thank you for listening to me babble and think out loud. And honestly, venting just helped me so much. But I'm going to do those episodes over the next few days. And they're, again, going to be about some topics that people have asked me to talk about. They are 100% my opinion and people have a right to disagree with them and I also urge them to. Before I go, I want to say that I include my link tree in each and every episode description 
And I just wanted to ask if people would follow me on my social media accounts. I put up some quotes that have really helped out a lot. And most of the pictures that I'm sharing now, I've actually been designing myself. I also update about new episodes and other things like that. And I really want to get more active on there, but I just really don't have a huge following. So if you don't already, please click the link tree link in the description of this episode and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, but to be honest, I don't really use that account much. But I just want to make sure that I'm able to reach as many people as I can. So that way I can get the message out to as many people as I can. Because like I've said, sex trafficking does not end at the last sale. We have to protect victims and survivors and their futures. And I can only do so much myself. I can share my story, but I cannot continue my message. And that's what I need y'all to do. Because when you spread my message that this is what sex trafficking is, and this is the things that you can look for, and this is how we can, as a society, stop it, then that's how we can put an end to sex trafficking. So again, thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading my message. And I hope to see you guys on social media. I really feel there is enough people talking about this now and enough attention being brought to it, especially with the news yesterday about R. Kelly, that we can make some headway in ending sex trafficking for good.